Heavenly Father, I thank you as we just turn our eyes upon you and focus on spiritual things, the things that you have purchased for us through the cross of Calvary, that you would minister to your people and you would give direction, that you would give hope, that you would give understanding, that you would give vision, that you would give dreams, that you would establish purpose. I thank you for your will being done, Lord, at Gaylord Assembly of God and each of the people. And I thank you that, Lord, that your word has power to change, to redirect, and to establish our ways. We ask your blessing on our time in the word and your grace on it, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all the people shouted, Amen. Amen. Uh, The title of my message is Visions, Dreams, and Purpose. Visions, Dreams, and Purpose. Amen. Habakkuk. Everybody found Habakkuk? Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand on my watch and set me on a tower, and I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am reproved. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run. Everybody say run that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and shall not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Everybody say, wait for it. Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. And then if you would also look with me to the 14th verse, for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isn't that good news? The earth, you know, we we look at the earth today and we see a lot of problems. I mean, if if we look at the news and we hear what's happening in the United States and all around the world, we can see a lot of problems. But the good news is the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. You know, it's pretty thorough. The waters cover the sea. I mean, that's pretty thorough. Can I have an amen? God's glory is going to thoroughly cover the earth. Amen. Jesus is going to return and set things in order. Amen. But we're in a process now. Amen. We're in a place now of tearing for that vision. And yet, at the same time, the Lord has a vision. He has a purpose. He has a things that he is doing and he has predicted in this season and time in our lives. And he has a purpose that he wants to accomplish in this earth. And you and I are part of that purpose. How many of you know that's right? He says, write the vision and make it plain that he may run that readeth it. You know, he didn't, he, he didn't say there walk with the vision. He said run with the vision. He didn't say, you know, sit on the vision. Amen. He didn't say twiddle your thumbs about the vision. He says run with the vision. Amen. He's got a vision for your life. Amen. And he wants you to to run with it. He has purpose. He has destiny for you. Praise God. And Habakkuk is very interesting. You know, it's only three chapters. But it's at a time of great trouble in, in the land of Israel. It was right before the time that Judah was, many people in Judah were taken captive into Babylon. Babylon invaded Judah, because God allowed that to happen, because of judgment. 
And in the beginning of the book, Habakkuk is talking to the Lord about all the problems that are in his country and all the oppression and, and all the things that are going on and how the good people are having troubles and the, the bad people seem to be doing great. And he's complaining to the Lord about it. And the Lord says, well, you think that's something? The Chaldeans are coming. The Babylonians are coming. And there's going to be an invasion. So God tells him about this. And that's when he says, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get up on my tower here. He says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon a tower. And I will watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am proved. When I am reproved. Habakkuk says, I'm going to make a decision to get up into a high place where I can hear from the Lord. I'm going to listen. Everybody say listen. I'm going to listen to what the Lord has to say to me. I'm going to get into a place where I can hear his voice. I'm going to get into a place where he can speak to me and I'm ready to be reproved. That means I'm ready to be corrected. Amen. You know, if you want to hear from the Lord, you need to be ready to be corrected. Can I have an amen? You have to have an attitude that says, Lord, here I am. I'm, a, I'm an open book to you. Just speak to me about my life, where I'm at, what I'm doing. Amen? What you want me to do. What you want changed. I mean, Lord, I'm ready. You know, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Amen? The sheep of the Lord follow the Lord. There's a call of God today for us to follow the Lord. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the early and the latter rain. God's glory is revealed when we choose to follow the Lord. God is calling his church in this day and hour to follow the Lord. It's not just about knowing some doctrines. Amen. It's not just about having an understanding of Christian philosophy. It's about giving your life to the Lord and following his will and his purpose for you. God has a purpose for you, a destiny. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. He's telling us, follow me and your life will be productive for the kingdom of God. Follow me because I have a purpose. I have a destiny for you. Amen. Each one of us in the body of Christ have purpose. We have destiny. There's something that we can do. And folks, I want to tell you something. The Lord is saying it's much greater than you think it is. The purpose that God has for your life is much greater than you think it is. The scripture said he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think. According to the power that works in you. He's able to do far beyond anything that you can even imagine. The possibilities are limitless because with God, nothing is impossible. Amen. The limitation comes through our thinking and what we see the possibilities are. It's like you could have a, uh, an automobile with a, a 400 horsepower motor in it. I mean, it's got potential, amen? It can go somewhere in a hurry. I mean, that thing can, you, you can go but one thing about that 400 horsepower automobile, if somebody puts a governor on there, it's only going to go so fast. It's just going to plod along. You know, daddy gives you a 400, horse, a 400 horsepower car, but it's got a governor on it. You get in there, hey, I'm going. 
It only goes so fast because that governor limits how fast that car can go. And that governor is like our thinking. God wants to take the limits off. He wants us to see his vision, his vision for the world, and his vision for what he can do through you. In fact, his vision for what he can do through this church. Hello? God can do greater than we could imagine. Hallelujah. And he says, write the vision. Make it plain upon tables that he may run. That reads that God wants us to run with the vision. And therefore, he wrote it down. He wrote down the vision in Habakkuk. He wrote down the vision all through this Bible, all through the Word of God, so we could comprehend his plan and his purpose and where we fit into it. God has a vision for your life. Amen? And we will see that vision come to pass, and it all fits in with God's big picture vision, which is to fill the earth with his glory. Amen? You know, sometimes as Christians, we can look at the circumstances, the situations, what we see in this world, what we see in the people around us, and we can become discouraged. But we've got to live by faith. He says, the just shall live by his faith. The just shall live by what? His faith. It doesn't say the just shall live by what he sees with his natural eyes. Amen? We've got to get our eyes off the circumstances in order to see the possibilities. We've got to get our eyes on the reality of God and the reality of his power and his glory. And the only way we can do that is through his word and by his Holy Spirit. Amen? If all our input comes from the 6 o'clock news or the 5.30 news and uh, what we read on the Internet and what we see on TV and listen to on the radio... We're not going to have the correct information to have faith. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we need God's vision imparted into our life. And he has a way to impart that to us. He has a method. Amen. But we have to cooperate with that method. <clears throat> All right. The first thing we need to realize is to even begin to release the potential of God we must first receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We must be born again. The Word of God says, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot begin to have a vision until you're born again because you're spiritually dead. You're separated from God. You can't see anything. You know, um, a lady that we had discipled some in our church that as part of our ministry in, in Spring Grove. She's, she's trying to reach her people in her apartment. And they're all saying, yeah, we're Christians, we're Christians. But they, they don't see anything. They can't, I mean, she talks to them about, they don't see anything. I told her, she, they have to be born again first, amen? The first, you have to start with first things first, amen? And how do you get born again? Well, you believe in what Jesus did on the cross, amen? And you turn from sin and unto God, make him Lord of your life. That's the beginning point of establishing a vision for your life. And God has something for you guys. Young people, he has something for you. Each one of you. We think, well, you know, this is a little over my head, but you know what? Just listen with your heart today. Just listen with your heart. God has a vision for your life. And, and he has a vision, a purpose for your life in 2016. Amen? So it starts with being born again. You must be born again. 
And then secondly, the vision of our life is formed through the Word of God. Now, God has an individual vision for our lives. There's a, there's a reason that Susan and I went to India. There's a reason that we've been evangelizing for the last 10 years, and that reason is that God has led us that way. And God will lead each one of us individually. We're not all the same. You know, God's called some people to be business people, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be missionaries in, in a factory. Like uh, some lady said, I'm a, uh, I'm a uh, missionary for Jesus, cleverly disguised as a factory worker. And, and you see, we all have a calling. We all have a purpose. There was, I worked in a sawmill, and a man witnessed to me in that sawmill. He had a purpose. He's not even on the earth today, but he had a purpose. And he touched other lives, no doubt, too, but he touched my life and, and Susan's. And so each of us have a part to play. Follow me, Jesus said. I'll make you fishers of men. But it comes, the vision is formed for our lives through the word of God. It starts by getting into God's word and seeing what he says and hearing his voice. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What we're talking about today is the will of God for your life. Amen? It's not so important what you and I want for our own life. It's the will of God for our lives. He knows what's best for us. He knows what's fruitful. He knows what can be accomplished through you. He has a will. He has a purpose. And he said, you've got to present your body a living sacrifice. In other words, you need to yield yourself to God. You need to consecrate your life to him. Amen? And that's not just a one-time thing. Yeah, we make a one-time decision to follow Jesus. We're born again. But there's an ongoing work in which we yield ourselves to him and say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. That's very important because if our will is running contrary to him, if we're not yielded to him, we'll never receive the guidance that we need. So we start by presenting ourselves to God, presenting our bodies, presenting our minds. See, our minds can go... One way or the other. Amen? There are fleshly desires. There are soulish desires. There are things that, that we want because we want them. Because, man, that's what I want. But we've got to come into that position where we say, Lord, you are Lord. What you want is what I want. Like Jesus prayed, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Remember when he went to the cross. And the word of God says that we also are to take up our cross and follow him. You know, doing God's will is not always going to be the thing that pleases our flesh. Hello? The choice that God has for us may include squatty potties. I'm just giving an example. But there's so many things that would be our choice, but maybe it's not God's choice. But yet God knows what's best. When we were in India, I kept telling Susan, you know, your father loves you. That's why you're here. 
He loves you so much, he sent you over here, you know. And the circumstances, the, the um, external things were difficult for her, but God blessed her so much in that, see. And that's the way it is in our life. God knows what's best for you. You may not choose what he has for you. You know, you may prefer something else, but yield yourself to him because he knows what's best for you and your family and all the people that are around you. And you'll be blessed through your obedience. Can I have an amen? So to get God's vision, we need, first of all, to yield ourselves to his vision. And then we need to get his mind imparted to us by the transformation of our mind. How does that happen? Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By feeding on God's word, your devotional time, your time in the word of God. Because, how many know this Bible is God's word? It's his voice. And the voice of the Lord that you read in here, when you read this, you're hearing his, his voice. Amen? And that same voice is what you need to hear in your spirit about God's direction for your, for your life. So when you read and you study and you meditate God's word, you're becoming sensitized to what? His voice. Amen? You're getting your spirit tuned to his word, to his voice and what he has for you. You know, there's a man named Terry Law, and I heard a story one time from him, and he was talking about how he was in the Soviet Union. He used to, before the, you know, before the Iron Curtain came down, while it was still the Soviet Union, he traveled uh, in the USSR. God supernaturally opened a door for him and a musical group to go in there. They thought they were a rock band, but really they were a Christian band, and they would go in and they would play Christian music and preach the gospel. They were called Living Sound. But they would travel all over Russia, and many times they would be in trains traveling these huge distances. And he talked about during those times that he would open his Bible and he would just read and meditate the scriptures, just script, meditate scriptures over and over and over again. And those hours and hours, you know, with those, with those wheels turning on those trains going out to Siberia or somewhere, he would be thinking about God's word. And he said it was then that the word of knowledge began to operate in his ministry. Supernatural things would start coming out of his mouth when he, when he would preach. I mean, the word of knowledge is not, see, it's not just knowledge from the Bible, but it's knowledge from, by the Holy Spirit, see? But the same author of the Bible is the author of the word of knowledge, the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will give you words of knowledge. One time he was in... Uh, uh, this place, and he was preaching, and God gave him a word of knowledge about some people that had been in a fist fight. And he says, God shows me that some of you have been in a fist fight, and he wants you to repent. And so this group of young people came forward, and they're all sheepish, and they're, they're like this, you know. And it turns out that they had had a, a fist fight. They had had a discussion. They were in a Bible school, and they had a discussion about whether or not the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. And one group said, yeah, they're for today. And the other group says, no, they're not for today. They passed away. And the argument got so heated that they came to blows and they got into a fist fight. 
And so the Holy Spirit, through Terry Law, says, hey, you guys have been in a fist fight. You need to repent. <laughs> so he not only brought them to repentance, but he also settled the argument of whether the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Yeah, they're for today. God will give gifts of the Spirit to help us with our ministry. And God will lead us by his Holy Spirit in the direction that he has for our life. Amen? But you see, as we meditate in God's word and ponder God's word, then his word comes alive in our heart, and all of a sudden we know what to do. So we yield ourselves to him. Amen? We consecrate ourselves to him. And, you know, I just envision today that as we're getting ready to enter into a new year, that this would be a good time to consecrate ourselves to the Lord. You know what that means, consecrate? Consecrate means that in a fresh way, you let the Lord know that you're going to do what he wants you to do. Is that a good definition, Pastor Bob? Is that, I'm asking a, a good definition of consecrate. You, when you consecrate... In a fresh way, you let the Lord know that you want to do what he wants you to do. In a fresh way, you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. You see, so many Christians are partially obedient in their walk with the Lord. They do what the Lord wants them to do as long as it fits with their idea. Amen. But God is calling his church to become obedient to his call and to become yielded to what he wants them to do, not what they want to do. Amen? Because you know what? We can be good-looking Christians, you know? We can wear the right stuff, and we can show up for church, and we can do all the Christian stuff, and we can speak Christianese. But if we're not obedient, we're in rebellion. And the Bible said rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. And you know, witchcraft is not a good thing for a Christian to be involved in. Amen? So God calls us to consecrate our lives afresh and anew. And I believe today would be a good day for that. And so I just envision today as we share the word, as we finish, we'll just have a time at the altar just to consecrate ourselves afresh to the Lord and to his will for our lives. Father, not my will, but your will be done. Because, you know, sometimes we're just seeking God for guidance. Oh, God, show me what to do. Show me how to prosper. Show me how to walk in health. Show me, show me, show me. You know, we're just, we know God has the answer and we're asking for his guidance, but if we're not willing to be led, he can't guide us. Amen? And so we need to be willing. Amen? And then we need to get our minds renewed to hear his voice. Amen. So in order for God's vision to be established and formed in our life, we need to be in the word of God. That's why I'm sure your pastor tells you to have a devotional time and spend time with the Lord in his word and meditate his word. Because, yeah, what we get at church, thank God for that. But, you know, we need to be Christians seven days a week. Amen. We need to get up and put God in his word first. Yield ourselves to him in prayer and spend time in his word and agree with his word. You know, it's not enough to read his word. We have to agree with his word. Amen. It's not enough to have the book on the coffee table. You've got to have it in your heart. Amen. 
And you've got to agree with what it says and then walk in the light of it. The scripture says, don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. Amen? And when you're a doer of the word, then his word is coming alive in you. And Jesus is being manifested through your life. And the world needs Jesus, folks. The world needs Jesus. I'm giving you something here today that can change you and change your world and change the people around you. Because when you do these things, Jesus begins to be manifested through you. Amen? The gifts of the Spirit begin to be manifested through you. And God begins begins to do miracles through you. And the neat thing is, you know, you don't have to have a degree. You don't have to have a title. Praise God. All you need is a yieldingness to God and a willingness to follow him, and he will use you in great and mighty ways. Amen. All that the world says, you know, that you need for qualifications, you can throw that all out. All you need is God's word, his Holy Spirit, amen, and an obedient heart. And God will use you as a world changer for him. Amen. Amen. It won't take long. Hallelujah. Can I have an amen today? I tell you, I'm preaching better than your amen today. Can I have an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. One of the areas that we need to renew our minds in is the belief that we can accomplish what he wants us to accomplish. Because so many times God speaks to us And it's so far beyond what we think we can do. Amen? Amen? But there's a verse in the Bible, I think it's such a key verse. It's found in Philippians 4.13. Who can tell me what it says there? Philippians 4.13. I... What? I can do. I, I I can do. I can do. I can do all things... Through Christ, which strengthens me. I love that. That is so powerful. Paul was talking about the trials that he had been through and the difficulties. He says, no matter. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen. There's no obstacle that can hinder me. See? David had that spirit. I can do spirit. That's why he defeated the giant. He figured that the, the Lord that was with him was greater than the devil that was with Goliath. Because he believed in the covenant of God. See, David spent time with the Lord. He had a relationship with the Lord. Amen? And he was able to go out and to do exploits. Daniel, it says, those that know their God shall do exploits. You're looking for change in your life. You're looking for change in those around you. I'm telling you, I'm giving you the key right here. Amen? It's simple. As ABC. Get in his word. Yield yourself to him. Be full of the Holy Ghost. Worship God every day. You know, just live this thing and then live it out wherever you go. Take Jesus wherever you go. Don't let anybody put you in a box. Don't let somebody else define who you are. Can I have an amen? Let God define who you are. You remember when uh, Moses, when God called Moses, he says, I've sent you to Pharaoh. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to deliver the children of Israel. And Moses said, who am I? Who am I? And isn't that like us sometimes? Who am I? You know, who am I to go to India? Who am I to be an evangelist? Who am I? Who am I? 
Well, folks, I'll tell you who I am. I'm a child of God. I'm born of God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? I'm not, I have nothing in myself. In myself dwelleth no good things. In my flesh dwells no good things. But Christ is in me, the hope of glory. And Christ is in you, the hope of glory. So renew your mind so that when God reveals his plan to you, you'll be able to walk in the light of it and say, yeah, I can do that. I can't do it in my own strength, but I can do it through him. Can I have an amen? amen. Praise God. All right, now, uh, dreams. We talked some about vision now. Let's talk about dreams. Dreams are a glimpse into the future that God has for you. In Genesis uh, 37, 5, it says, And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. Later on, the same, the same chapter, his brothers said, They said to one another, Behold, this dreamer cometh. Come now, therefore, let, him, let us slay him and cast him into some pit, and we will say some evil beast has devoured him, and we will see what will become of his dreams. Some people are dream killers. <laughs> but Joseph had a dream. And I'll tell you what, that dream sustained his life. Amen? Uh, life without dreams is a life without hope. You need to dream great dreams that God inspires for your life. Amen? Dreaming is the special capacity of humans. Animals aren't dreaming about any future, amen? But we can dream. We have this capacity to dream. We have this capacity to conceive something in our heart and to nurture it and to bring it forth, amen? And, and to, to see it develop and see it come forth in our life, amen? Somebody built this building. They had a dream. They had a picture. A dream is like a picture on the inside of you. God will give you godly dreams, don't let the devil steal your dreams. Like it said there in Habakkuk, uh, though it tarry, wait for it. Because dreams do not all automatically just come to pass the next day. Many times they take years and years to unfold. And that's one of the things a lot of people misunderstand. You know, they think, well, God showed me that I'm going to be a, a doctor. But it just never happens. But did you ever think you have to go to medical school? You know, there's steps many times in our dreams. The steps of a good man or woman are ordered of the Lord. We have to be willing to walk out our vision and dreams. Amen. We have to be persistent. Like your pastor and his wife have been persistent with the dream, with the vision that God has given them. Amen. They've stuck with it. Amen. And there's rewards. They have rewards. When they get to heaven, there will be trophies there for them. Praise God. Oh, that trophy from the denomination, that's nice. But man, I'll tell you, when you get to heaven, glory to God. <laughs> to see the souls that have come to the Lord through, the, through this ministry and through your life. You see? And you're all part of that. That's exciting. But that takes persistence. You have to, you have to hold on to your dreams because... In that season when things aren't going so well. And it looks like the dream was just too much pizza. You've got to know that you heard from God. And you've got to let that dream sustain you. Joseph was thrown into prison. 
but his dream got him out of the vision. Amen. His belief in God got him out of that prison. And he became prime minister over Egypt, and the whole dream was fulfilled. He came and he became like the ruler over his own family and protected them. And that was God's vision for his life. Amen. So thank God for dreams. Without a dream, you'll never accomplish anything. But you need to release the creative ability within you to dream. See yourself accomplishing your goals. I always think about how I've heard that, I don't know, I guess I've never tried this, but the folks that, you know, play basketball and they shoot free throws and it can be, you know, they might be a great basketball player, but they can't shoot free throws for the hoot. But they've done experiments and they've set the players down in the locker room on the bench and said, just think about, just envision that ball going into the hoop. And they just sat there and they just pictured it and they contemplated it and they went out and their percentage improved. Amen. More than, than just going out there and practicing. Because you've got to get your mind to cooperate, amen, with your goals and your visions. Okay, now purpose. Discover your purpose in life. Uh, Esther chapter 4, verse 14. It says, For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then there shall, shall enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Mordecai is speaking to Esther about her purpose in life. She became queen for a purpose. You came to the kingdom for such a time as this. God has a purpose for your life. You have come. You're on the earth, not just to take up space on the terra firma. Amen? You have a purpose. God has given you a purpose. Do you understand me today? There's a purpose for your life besides eating three meals (laughs) a day. God has a plan. God has a purpose. He has a destiny for you for such a time as this. Romans 8, uh, 28 says that you are called according to his purpose. There is literally a calling on your life that's according to God's purpose. Praise God. Discover your purpose in life and walk it out in Jesus' name. Can I have an amen? Okay, now, I guess this is kind of the the main final point I want to bring out, and we touched on it already, but this is, we must put action to our visions, dreams, and purposes. We must put action. We must put action to our visions, dreams, and purposes. We have to do it. We have to do something about it. We have to put it into practice in our lives. And I think maybe this is one of the main things that God wants to bring across to us today. You know, you're thinking about the things that God has put in your heart. And you think about them, and you think about them, and you think about them, but they never come to pass. Did you ever think maybe you need to begin to do something about those things? To put action to uh, what... God has given you. The scripture said, be doers of the word, not hearers only. You know, I mean, you can hear the word about salvation, but if you never confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you won't be saved. 
right? But if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. You can hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but until you yield yourself to the gift of the Holy Spirit, it won't happen. Amen? That's the, everything in God, it always works that way. There's the, the Godward side and the manward side. And some people, it's just, well, it's just, if God wants me well, I'll get well. If God wants me to prosper, I'll, I'll prosper. If God wants me to become a minister, it'll, it'll just happen. It'll just be like cherries off a tree. And it doesn't work that way. And then other people say, well, I'll just do it all myself. No, there's a Godward side, and there's a manward side. The Bible says we are laborers together with God. Together with God. You've got to work with God. You've got to work with his plan with your, for your life. Amen? You've got to let him establish your path. And many times we're just waiting and waiting and waiting. And, and it's scriptural to wait on the Lord. We need to wait on the Lord. We need to get in his presence and yield ourselves like we talked about in the beginning of this message. We need to do that. But then there's a time to step out. You know, Peter walked on the water. A lot of people criticize Peter for sinking, but he, before he ever sunk, he walked. I mean, how many of you have walked on the water? He walked on the water. Why? Because he got out of the boat. He got out, out, he got out of the boat. He got out of the safety net of that boat. Amen? We've got to get out of our comfort zone, amen, and begin to step out for God. You know, I know for me, Personal witnessing was a challenge. It wasn't easy for me to... I mean, I could get in the pulpit and I could preach the gospel and, and call people to repentance, but to talk to one person at the mall or something like that, that was difficult. But I found out, just take a step. Just start with somebody. Just hand a track. Just do some, get some inertia going. Amen? And study and prepare yourself and pray. Amen. Take steps. And you know what? Now, I mean, I could talk to just about anybody. Sometimes they don't want to listen. But do you, I may hear what I'm saying. You step out in things. You begin to move towards your goal. Amen. The scripture said the path of the just is like a shining light that shines more and more until the perfect day. So in other words, if you start walking on the path with God, then you take another step, the light gets a little brighter. Another step gets brighter. Another step, and it's just getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. Amen? Because what? You didn't just sit on your dreams. You didn't just sit on your vision. You began to move forward. Jonathan, you took a step towards your vision by going to YWAM. I don't know what the next step is. But you've got to pursue. See, this is not a one-time thing we're talking about here. This is a lifetime process of being guided by the Lord. And the thing of it is, he doesn't show you the whole picture. You know, otherwise you wouldn't be walking by faith. He shows you glimpses and he calls you to take steps and to walk the path that he has before you. Amen. And then as you walk, all of a sudden you see around the corner. You go, oh, now I see. And you go over that way. Amen. Oh, now I see. See, he said the steps, the steps of a good man, order of the Lord. But you've got to step. You've got to put action, amen, towards your vision. You know, maybe you've got a problem in a relationship. What's the steps that you need to take 
Maybe there's something you, you, there's some things that you can't do about that situation. There's some things that you cannot change. But you can change something. You can change your attitude. You can change your speech. Amen. You can change how you think about that person. How you pray for that person. Amen. And God can work through. Just do what you can do in that situation. Walk towards the light in that situation. See, you've got to walk in the light to see God's vision for your life. If you've got envy and strife and, and bitterness in your heart, it's going to cloud your vision, folks. He said, walk in the light as he is in the light. And you'll have fellowship with one another. We're called to a walk with God, to walk with him day by day and to follow his plan. And we have to follow his plan that's in here in order to be able to follow his plan that he puts in here. Amen? I mean, if we don't follow the revealed will of God in the, in the word of God, how can we expect to follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit in our heart? Amen? So we begin to take steps of obedience. So maybe there's an area you struggle in. You say, man, I can't. And you're just condemned over and over again. Well, begin to take steps. Begin to walk towards victory in that area. Ask God, what can I do to overcome in this area? You know, you got bitterness in your heart. What can I do? How can I overcome this bitterness in my heart? The Lord says, pray. Pray for those that despitefully use you, persecute you. You can change your own heart through prayer. You can, you can change things. You can change your destiny. You know, what I want to say to you is that the things that God wants to do in your life and in your future it's not just about the will of God it's also about you cooperating with the will of God and a lot of people are just stuck saying well I guess God doesn't have anything for me but he does he's got glorious plans for all of us Amen. but you're stuck in the mud you're, you're stuck in the law of inertia in a negative way the law of inertia the object that the object in motion tends to stay in motion, right? The object at rest stays at rest. I'm just waiting on the Lord. Hallelujah. Activate. Activate in Jesus' name. Yes, wait on the Lord, but then move with him as he directs you. Begin to take those steps. Say, oh, I just don't know. I just don't know what to do. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. There's a word in here for you today. Amen? You know, Susan and I, we, well, we've been praying together for uh, several years every morning. And it's really been a blessing to us in our marriage and in a lot of areas in our life. And then recently we've been adding to that just a time of Bible study. And we've been noticing that it, it's really helped us in a lot of areas. The Word of God is so powerful. It's so powerful. You know, the Bible said that the, the Word of God discerns between the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Many times we have problems in our guidance because of the soul and the spirit. The soul's saying one thing, the spirit's saying another thing. Hello? The spirit, your spirit is connected with God, right? God gives you messages through your spirit, but your soul is saying... Well, I don't feel like that. I don't feel that way. 
But you see, when you get in the word, it discerns between the soul and the spirit. And all of a sudden, you begin to understand, how does the, how does the Lord want me to handle this situation today? What kind of decision does God want me to make in this relationship? How, how does he want me to handle this? How does he want me to handle this financial situation? And you begin to know the way of the Lord. You begin to walk in the way of the Lord. Amen? So his word is so important in programming you to go the right way. Amen? <clears throat> but you got to walk. The path gets brighter as you take steps. You know, I think about Paul. You know, he was out evangelizing just like the Lord told him to do. He's going from place to place. But he got to a certain place and it said the spirit suffered him not. He just didn't, in his spirit, they just didn't feel right about going there. And then they tried to go another place. No, just not, that's not it. And so he's laying there sleeping at night and he gets a dream. And the man's from Macedonia is in the dream. Says, come over to Macedonia and help us. And so it said they assuredly gathered that the Lord was leading them to go to Macedonia. That was the first outreach to Europe. You see? But the, thing, the point I want to make is that they were busy trying to do something. Amen? They weren't just sitting there on their hands. Amen? They were activated. They were trying to do what the Lord said, trying to follow his general will. And then as they were walking, God was able to guide them. Did you ever notice in your car... You can't give direction to your car until you put the key in, turn the motor on, and start moving a little bit. I mean, you just try to turn that, that wheel, you're not going to go anywhere. You've got you to move a little bit, folks. Amen? Just move in the general will of God. Amen? You want to know what your ministry is? Well, your ministry is to help somebody. Go out today and help somebody. And then God can guide you into the special areas he has for you. Amen? God has purpose for your life. God has vision for your life. God has dreams that he wants to impart to you. And you will fulfill those things as you yield yourself to him and walk in his ways. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at tomshanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.